0: Hey, it's Brian. Welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. I'm going to tell you about our sponsor real quick, Two Foot Parade Records. Um, They are an independent record label based in Kalamazoo, Michigan, um, whose mission is to invest in artists without requiring them to give any partial ownership of their work. Um, So, woke as shit. I dig it. Um, They have two new releases currently, um, Worry Club's Volume 1 Mixtape and Nestlake's Low Light Cassette are both available for purchase on their website. Um, two They are currently accepting submissions from bands on their website. Um, and all their social medias can be found at, at two parade. So that's two and at two parade. Um, and Gabe who runs it is just really cool. Um, I've met him, goes to shows involved in the scene, you know, they're really cool. Um, the only time i met gabe we fucked around quite a bit with pat Ray. So i don't know if you even remember <laughs> Gabe, but we had a good time and i could tell that if i was to work with two foot parade records there'd be a really good artist to label um communication so that's all i'm gonna say for now um check them out and enjoy the episode yo what up guys this is brian your host another episode of invite the neighbors um this is your first time listening um this is a podcast where a couple musicians interview other musicians about being a musician and we also interview other people in the music community um particularly the diy but not always diy as evidenced by this episode with kulik um who is a very open artist in terms of like embracing the um the radio sort of pop major label type lifestyle um, we talk about you know kind of quote unquote playing the game and the Kulik's type of dude who kind of embraces that um, and has kind of been a self-made, started from the bottom type of of act which I really respect. Um, definitely making a name for himself. So check out uh, Kulik's music on Spotify. Um, give us a follow on Instagram on Twitter. Um, we're at Invite the Neighbors on Instagram, ITN Pod on Twitter. Um, I fucking hate Twitter, but. I love you, if you're listening, and share this podcast with your friends. Um, We'd really appreciate it, and this podcast is for people who like a mixture of in-depth emotional realness and silly goose tomfoolery, and randomly moving in and out of those two things. Um, I think we're the best ones at it, personally. Um, I suck at most other things in my life outside of music and podcasting, so I don't feel uncomfortable Bragging about how good I am as a podcast host, and if you know me at all, you know I'm fucking around. And if you don't know me, well, listen to more episodes. You'll get to know me. Um, and Benny, of course. Anyways, enjoy the episode. Okay, just like that. See, we we not we a don't, video, don't, just audio, right? No, yeah, just audio. No, all no, right. Audio. I know that. Yeah, yeah we're so you know, <laughs> video video is in the cards maybe one day uh but the pandemic really f- up of course everything remote ben uh, Benny's, by the way Benny's
1: here uh, buddy i can barely hear you right now
0: yeah
2: he's
1: breaking up i i also oh, sorry, oh, me. Shit.
0: let me uh, i'm on the right i'm on the right you
2: because- guys you're kind of in and out a ton.
0: Oh shit! All right, I'll be right back. You were good for that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was. I don't know. Hey, there you are. Okay, I'm just gonna stay in this spot for the next hour.
1: Uh... <laughs> 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 oh man!
0: <laughs> Which is fine because I'm literally laying in bed, so it's not it's not gonna be difficult. But anyway, yeah, we we're talking about maybe doing getting together more. Benny and I, uh, and being in the same place to do video, and I actually discovered that um, we there is a video option on Discord. Actually, yeah, we've done that before, Benny, but yeah. the, the quality was so crappy that, like, I don't think anyone would want to watch that. It's like pixelated, like webcam type video. So yeah, uh... yeah. But it's it's good to have you. I appreciate you coming on. Um, I. Your name is Justin, right? Justin Kulik? Was am I right about that? Jacob. Jacob. Okay. My yep. bad. I I read your Spotify bio like an hour ago, and I knew it was a joke. Yeah, yeah That's that's
1: nothing like
0: bad on Brian's part. Brian
1: is notoriously awful with names. <laughs> this is this very true.
2: <laughs> if you ever type my bio, they might even put Justin. So I, uh, it, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm actually. I, I, I've gotten, I've gotten multiple. First names always with J's, and then the last name they butcher. Let me hear your butchering of my name. Let's see if we see if we can get it.
0: <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> it's like it's just Jacob, dude. It's like that shouldn't be hard. <laughs> like,
2: well, the first name, the first name, yeah, but the last name too. Like, do you know how to say like my actual like artist name? Kulik. Oh, you guys. It. I everyone always says Kulik or Kulik.
0: Yeah, just yeah. I thought it was Kulik. I thought it was yeah, like, it's Kulik. like cool, was, cool whip. Correct. Exactly.
2: Which is what I was, uh, you know, called in high school a million times.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really? Wow. Yeah. That's like an, that's an unfortunate segue into some stuff that I wanted to talk about. It's unfortunate (laughs) that I, I said it, but I read the bio and, (laughs) um, you know, we are a very mental health friendly podcast. I think Benny and I both have our ups and downs like most people, but I think Benny and I are the type of people that are more like upfront about it, not not ashamed of saying like I'm feeling depressed or, you know. Sometimes we'll straight up message each other and be like, you know, I don't know if I can really do this podcast today, just because of mental health. You know what I mean? Not not that like other things are happening. It's just shit that's happening inside our heads, and we're both the type to be like, oh no, it's totally cool. So you're in a you're in a good environment for that. Um, just so you know. Yeah. Um. But cool. we love really... about mental health. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that was it. I was I was going to shut up and let you talk because I just I I, I I read in your bio that you know you went through like bullying and things like that and I just wanted to hear about like how that kind of like informs your music.
2: Yeah, um well, I rarely censor that regardless. I really do like. I've had a couple podcasts where we talk about it and then others where it's kind of shot away from and they stick to the whole, you know, if you had three bands you wanted to tour with, who would that be? kind of stuff. <laughs> Which is fine. I'll answer those two. But, um, yeah, I don't really write about the bullying anymore, but I definitely started writing music about that and just the feeling of loneliness and a lot of mental battles. I feel like I have a lot of, uh, it's kind of like inner demons, but I don't really want to say it like that. But I did. So it's kind of like like that, where I just feel like I have a very overactive inner voice that's sometimes louder than what my actual thoughts are. And yeah, uh, I don't know if that's from just biology or where I grew up, because I grew up very, uh, you know, in like a basically like a like con- like the country. So there was nothing to really do unless you had a car when you were finally sixteen. So it was just a lot of time at home so i was just playing with my brothers and writing music and wishing that i had a means to get the hell out of there
0: <laughs> yeah I, I feel you um so you were you grew up in pennsylvania i read that i gotta I read that correctly
2: yes <laughs> okay,
0: yeah. okay. Yeah, i grew Sorry. up i
2: grew up in pennsylvania in a town called tamaqua which is like 45 minutes from allentown pennsylvania philadelphia is the closest thing that uh has any type of diversity (laughs) (laughs) so it's that kind of town so um yeah i grew up there and i always wanted to just get out and go somewhere that i felt like i belonged more and i searched for that for a while but philadelphia was the first place that i almost called home i really liked living in philly that's the first place i ventured out to um, from Tamaqua.
0: Gotcha. And so, um I'm curious, like, because I, I read another thing in your bio, like, so, like, when you were 12, I, I like how I'm saying this as though I'm telling you what your history is, <laughs> but it's like I appreciate it because I get you did this. Yeah,
2: no, it's great. It's great. Honestly, I forget.
0: <laughs> I read that when you were 12, you turned like your home. I, I, the first thing I thought, by the way, was fucking Harry Potter. But you turned like a tiny closet into a, like a recording studio and i'm just what was it like doing that because like you said a little private music studio when you're age 12 begin writing recording songs as a way to cope with this anxiety that's what it says in your spotify bio and mm-hmm. that I, am, I imagine like pop artist harry potter that was the vibe i got but like in the best way possible now, yeah, I'll say that, you know i want to know like what was the what was the setup like like how did you get into all that like how did that kind of come about?
2: Yeah. So I had a, it was like a walk in closet. I was the room above the stairs. Um, so I had like a little section above the staircase and it had sliding glass mirrors with a bunch of shelves and I had like no clothes. So, um, and I, I was working. My, my dad was a carpenter, and I worked construction from the age of 13 till like currently. Like, I've always done like roofs, and I know how to basically build a house. So I was 12, and Whoa. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to rip these mirrors off, and I'll hide the doors somewhere, and I'm going to take the shelves down and build a studio. So. It was just like, I mean, it was a small little room. Like it wasn't a huge closet or anything, but it was enough for me to fit. Wide wise, it was enough for me to fit an acoustic guitar so I could play it. So that's about how wide it was. And then it was the same, you know, the same length the other way. And I just had a desk that I built uh, and I bought some monitor speakers. And my dad actually got me my first recorder. It was like an eight track uh, digital recorder. So I had eight tracks to mess with. One of them was dedicated to a drum machine, and then the other seven I was able to record. So, yeah, that was like my first setup, and I had guitar hangers hanging on the wall in the closet. Like it was like my first real studio. And I, this is such a green comment, <laughs> but I really thought I was like the first person to like ever do it when I was doing it. I thought <laughs> uh, I, I thought I designed an amazing desk. I had I built it with two levels, so the top level had the speakers. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I yeah. got a desk. I'm, I'm totally like the only person doing this because my town, no one does any of this shit. And then I went to college right. and I was like, what the fuck? Everyone here does this. <laughs> they all have the same setup. Yeah. Everyone has the same setup. So, but yeah, that, that's that's what the, the studio was. It was just uh, blue and tan walls. And then I built the little desk with some OSB plywood, which is like recycled, like shittiest wood you can use and should not be used for a desk. And I was off to the races
0: that's fucking dope when i was 12 dude like my invention that i thought i invented was car visors that go to the side i thought i was the first one to think of that i wasn't inventing recording (laughs) studios so that's awesome (laughs)
2: it's essentially the same thing it's essentially the same
0: thing (laughs) Yeah, I, i learned a valuable lesson that day though my grandpa was like well if you thought of it independently then in a way you did invent it And i was like thanks grandpa (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's right. He's teaching a
0: perspective from the gate. That's great.
1: And when I was 12, yeah, I was yeah. too busy playing Magic the Gathering and having no friends to do anything like
2: that. <laughs> I never got into I was those I
1: going to let
0: like you say it, Benny.
2: <laughs> yeah, I never got into that. That uh, I had friends that liked it, but I was just so into my own thoughts. I didn't want to like do anything else that somebody else made. Like, it was just like a bunch yeah. of, of, I don't know. I, it's pr- it probably... I would have been a little more uh, well adjusted as an adult had I <laughs> ventured out a little bit more but hey I think there's a lot more introverts out there than we is it, introverts out there especially that are actually like successful in doing things but they they're able to just turn on for moments you know that's what I feel like I do like I'm able to be extroverted and talk just like this podcast you know I'm able to do it now but I'll be fucking drained after this is over
0: <laughs> oh dude like we go through the same shit believe me like especially doing these like I had to tone it down because Benny remembers like there was a time like in the beginning of the pandemic where we were like super gung-ho like because we used to only do bands that were like in the Detroit area or on tour in that area so that we could do it at my house but Mm -hmm. once we figured out like how to use discord and shit we started getting bands from all over the place and that turned into like Three, four bands a week because we we're just like super excited about like all the different bands we could get and like growing the network. And so I quickly started to realize that like I can't keep that pace. Like there's some podcasts, like we've interviewed uh, some different podcast hosts. Um, there's, I think it's called the Good Noise Podcast, where they straight up do like three or four bands a week on a slow week. And I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? Like, yeah, because he, what you're saying. Too. He interviewed me too. Oh, really? I was on, uh,
2: yeah. So I know because he's also pretty big in the mental health with his stuff. Um, yeah, but uh, dude, I, I you have to you have to have a balance and have a pace because if not, you will burn out. And it doesn't matter how passionate. I mean, that that's even with writing music. You know, like I try to yeah. not write all day because if I do that, I'm just going to completely burn out and not be in touch with like
0: <laughs> the real world too. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost like the opposite i'm like to the point where like i so like seldomly write music that like i i i don't think i'll ever be like a b-sides type artist like i think everything i write is going on a record and that's all i write you know like because i I do get burnt out so quickly and i benny's definitely more prolific when it comes to songwriting than i do we're both musicians by the way if if that wasn't clear but uh, i i as well (laughs) yeah uh, yeah i don't know who else would would do this and not get paid you know, unless you had skin in the game um but completely <laughs> but so you're recording and you're 12 and you're doing all this stuff what what's your instrument like or are you like what what types of recording are you doing i'm kind of curious like what was your like introduction into music in general
2: i like these questions you're asking i never get asked like the actual yeah,
0: podcast dude we're the best podcast. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> that's, that's what yeah, I do. Br-
1: Brian's there for the uh, insightful uh, questions, and I'm in here to uh, just drop Simpsons references and talk about what video game I'm playing during the podcast recording. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which I am not playing one this time, I promise. Won't say that I right. haven't in the past, though.
2: I hear Warzone in the background, but that's cool. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, all right, so let's see what my instrument I mean I played a accu- I played drums first uh, as a really really young kid which I usually like leave out of my whole story but basically I started with drums younger than 12. Um, I think it was just because because I was born half deaf and I think I just really liked being able to hit things as hard as I can and actually like, I don't know. There was no limit to how hard or how loud I had to be. I was always told like to be a little quieter cause I was always talking too loud or being too loud. From- uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was the first instrument I was like, all right, cool. I can bang the shit out of this and, and no one's yelling at me for being too loud. So that was cool. But fast forward to when I was actually 12, 13 ish, I was playing acoustic and just singing to that. But the acoustic guitar is absolutely my favorite instrument. I'm not a huge fan of electrics. Um, Drums, I still love, and piano, I love now. But I, I would say I am a producer player of a piano, meaning I know just enough to get me by for recordings. I can definitely yeah, do a lot like, but it's not like like I'm playing the fucking chords. I don't even know inversions. You know what I mean? Like that's where I'm at with that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, and what was I writing? I wrote this record called "For My Sanity." Actually, it was 15 songs that I put out when I was 15. So from 12 to 15, that's what I was writing. Um, and those were all just songs about me freaking the fuck out, man. (laughs) I had like a really bad (laughs) anxiety attack when my grandfather died. I was 15 ish. And I just started writing all these songs about like, what's the point? I need to do great things. Why is everyone so mean to me? Those kind of, that kind of shit. That's, that's all I was writing. So I wrote 15 songs about that and random made up love stories, wishing that women liked me or men,
0: whatever. <laughs> I just, I just fucking wish that
2: somebody liked yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. You're
0: like, your sexuality is not defined, but you're just like, I'll take anyone if, if they like me at that point.
2: Yeah. At this point, and honestly, I, I, I hesitate to say this, but I feel like my ego was so fucking big at that age. I was like, I'm so good. Why doesn't
0: oh, anybody? You're fine. You're in the right place. Don't <laughs> you know and then you
2: quickly get, you quickly get fucking whipped in the shape of like all right th- listen your ego needs to shut the fuck up and sit way in the back seat <laughs> and yeah. i learned learned that over a couple of years you know but at that point yeah. it was like i don't i don't get this man i feel like i'm like outshining this entire town everyone's just a bunch of like farmers and stuff and i'm like here making this music <laughs> but no one really got it until i moved away until the world kind of opened up a little bit more in the, you know, in the recent past. And then, then now, now my pound kind of understands it, you know?
0: Yeah. I think it's really thinking, kind of speaking on the ego thing. I think it's really hilarious to think one, because like I, I, one, I, I relate to that so much. I think most Benny and I are both like the front people of our bands respectively. So it's like, I think we can probably both relate to that sort of like egocentric sort of approach. And in a lot of ways, I think that, that actually serves your purpose as a, as a musician, especially as like a singer songwriter type, like, you know, you have to have a certain level of ego Same with like standup comedians. You have to think you're funny in order to do it. Like you have to think you're good in order to like set out to front a band so that you have to have a little bit of egocentrism, but what I get hilarious.
1: You still there? Are either of you still there? I'm still here. Sorry about there that. I don't know what happened to Brian. Man, he's always doing this. He's pinging, man. He's pinging all around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably reciting his internet or something like that. Yeah, but, it's all good. <clears throat> yeah. But what were you saying before all that? I'm sorry. I think actually Brian was talking about the ego thing.
2: Um oh yeah, okay. Yeah, but I completely agree with him. I mean, like you you have to you have to think that you're good and you you just can't you
1: can't think that you're better than everyone else. That's that's the key, I think. That's oh yeah, like 100% cuz I see Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. But just, uh my opinion on that. that is this is kind of something that I've also kind of like come to peace with recently in regards to like my own music, is that, like, man, no one's gonna be, like, listening to your stuff if you're just constantly putting it down or being, like, "Uh, it's okay. It's, like, man, that's a piece of yourself. Like, fucking own that shit. Yeah. Why, you know, why
2: is it so hard to not find a middle ground as musicians? I feel like it's, like, you either feel like it's the shit and it's really fucking good, or you completely hate yourself (laughs) the the, next day. I don't
1: know. I I just think that a lot of people involved with music should like be more confident in the stuff that they're just putting out in general because like as an outside listener to a lot of these other bands that my friends are in, like I can feel the confidence level of these like singers or whatever coming through their music and like based on production values or like how much they put into like making sure everything with the instrumentals is tight and it's just kind of like, Man, the confidence shit is the shit that people want to hear.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, the only thing I don't like about it is like right now, for some reason, in popular music, at least, like being like almost overly confident is in and I, th- like that to me, I kind of see through when it's like yeah, you are just, I know
0: what you mean, you know,
2: you're you're showing the new clothes and you're like just and half naked like i try to like not do any of that shit you know it's like it's about the music and if that makes me not be as successful as i could be then so be it
1: yeah because most of the time it's just like i understand if it's there if it's just like for an overall aesthetic for your art but a lot of the time it's just there to be like style over substance
0: if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. absolutely agree with you yeah like actually that's kind of the the video idea I had Benny is to sort of parody that like we wanted to make a video and because I think it's it's, both sides of that are something where you want to find the middle ground like you don't want to be as Benny said like constantly putting yourself down and just like hopeless and having no belief in yourself but you also don't want to go so far to uh, the opposite end that you're a complete caricature of yourself you know exactly Yep. So like And you also, want to, you also don't wanna
2: you also don't wanna rely on numbers because you should not be valuing yourself based off of how many fucking streams you get or how many followers right. you have. I, I can't stand that about the social media stuff. If I wasn't a musician, I would never have it. I, I exactly. really don't think it's fucking healthy. I like' it's, it's not even healthy to have a career that's based off of analytics like that. Like imagine like people are just having normal profiles of themselves and then okay, how many people follow me? How many people like me? How many people, you know, how many people watched my TikTok? Like trying to, they're trying to just become famous just for fame. It's so fucking Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, what are you contributing to deserve it?
2: And are you even enjoying what you're doing or are you just doing it because everyone else is doing it? You know, like if you're just like a happy dancer and you're fucking going viral, cool. But if you're like, just like, dude, you know, this is what 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 made me realize this cuz i went i came back from tour from the Andy Black tour that i went on in 2019 and i follow most of my fans back when i meet them cuz i i i i like them they're they're my friends it's cool and then i look at it like in middle of 2020 and all of a sudden all of these profiles it's it's a bunch of like like they 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 like it's not their real profile anymore. Now all of a sudden it's them half naked. Now all of a sudden it's like, here's my only fans. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden I can go on Twitter and I'll just be in the grocery store next to like an old lady and a fucking girl like bent over or a guy bent over can be like just posting nude photos online. I just don't understand like how it just all of a sudden shifted to that. <laughs> yeah, It bothers me. It bothers me because it looks like it makes me look like that's what I look at all the time. And it's like, no, it's what's being pushed in our faces all the time and i'm just not i'm not for that man i'm not for that you're comparing yourself yeah. to not reality
0: yeah i think we need to be you know more discerning as consumers and we need you know cuz like the reason those things are pushed in our faces is because i think the algorithms are designed to continue pushing forward what people naturally click on you know like mm-hmm. the, the whole like sex sells thing like there are people who like are not contributing anything like or like influencers it's like they're straight up just like showing their parts you know like (laughs) which, which is cool I'm cool I mean obviously like I'm attracted to females and so and I'm you know and people who are attracted to men you know I'm sure they feel the same way like when people it's like the whole basis of your online persona is to just show your body it's like the and the pretense is that somehow it's more significant than just your body, that's where I have an issue because it's like when you're just showing your body and you're if you're proud of it, I'm fine with that. Like, I don't have any issue with it. But when you combine it with the pretense of that makes you significant or that makes you somehow like influential, that's where I think there's that disconnect where it doesn't make any mm-hmm. fucking sense to me. It's you like know, the, other,
2: dude, the other thing I want to comment on that is like also what I don't understand is we're trying to not objectify people anymore. Right. Yeah. So when I go on my Instagram and all I see is like naked pictures, it's just another <laughs> naked person. Like you literally just did the opposite of what you're trying to do. In my opinion, it's like, like, like you're making people, even if they're not even trying to objectify, like the, I think that is happening to like kids. They're like, all right. Yeah. There's hot women everywhere. You know, like there's just hot women everywhere that always want to be naked. Like that's what those kids are like being brought up thinking in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just an older fucking guy in a young, I, that, that's what my fucking Instagram profile is. I'm an older guy in a young woman's game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny. But, but yeah, I mean, I don't know where I cut out last time, but I just wanted to like, just for, uh, just for the sake of it, the, the point I was making before, um, just in case there's someone listening who's just really hanging on, the edge of their seat waiting for me to finish that it was battle. me it was me i'm yeah being done. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it was just like i think it's hilarious to think about like 15 16 year old kids who are just bursting with ego but you look at them it's like <clears throat> they're all like pimply faced or like awkward gangly like growing into their body still but that's arguably like when the ego can be the most unchecked <laughs> because, mm-hmm. because you don't look like you have an ego a lot of times so it's like no one really thinks to check you on it, but it's just like on, on the inside, you just can be a complete maniac thinking that like you are God's gift to Earth in, in yep. a sense. You know, I yeah. just think that's a, it's a funny yeah. irony.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I agree.
1: <clears throat>
2: but
0: um,
1: what was I going to ask you? Uh,
0: but yeah, so you said you, you kind of nowadays aren't really writing about that stuff. Obviously, you know, like I think you're you're. more our age. I think it, bio said you're 28, which that's like our age, but, um, so kind of like, what is this new record? Let's kind of shift to the present a little bit. Like what kind of stuff are you getting into on this, on the record that you most recently released? And like, kind of like what, what has been the progression up to that?
2: Yeah. So I, I, I always try to write autobiographically, like just about my life and, and what, it is that I'm going through because I find that it's hard for me to process things when it's happening, but if I can record it in, especially in music and listen to it later, I'll be able to process it more of like, Oh, like I can kind of separate myself from it and listen to me singing it and be like, okay, that's what I was going through. I get it now. You know, like it's more therapeutic. Yeah. And, um. So this record, I it just so happened that I was going through like the craziest time in my life where I'm going to try to give you the short story of this, (laughs) but basically I, um, I was, I was with my, uh, wife at the time I've been with her since I was 16 years old. So never dated anyone else before married, um, went on tour, went on another tour, came back home from the Andy black tour in 2019 and it just wasn't working. And on top of that, I found that I just connected with somebody else better. So, And I did not know what to do because I literally had the mind of a 14-year-old who has only ever dated one person because that's who I am, technically. (laughs) So I had to write a divorce breakup record in basically late 2019, finished recording it in December. And I was just basically going through that emotional process and freaking the fuck out about what i'm supposed to do with my life blah 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 where i'm gonna live you know how to do all that stuff and um so yeah it's just a a record of despair and trying to find yourself and my theme in a lot of my songs is trying to find yourself um and just just trying to get closure so that's basically what this record is it's like it's like heartache and trying to find closure
0: do you ever feel like um, almost like the, I mean, one that that's you know I appreciate you like being like open about all that, and I'm curious as someone who also is like my emotions kind of dictate where I'm going to go musically, um, whether it's writing or listening or whatever. But I, I'm just curious. It might be a weird question, but do you ever like feel condemned to, by your emotions to like? maybe you maybe you didn't want to write a record about that maybe you had other ideas but then you feel that and you're like are you ever feel like well now that i feel this, this is what i have to write about otherwise it's just going to be dishonest or i'm not going to be able to get it out and now is when it's happening so i have to get it out now like do, does it ever like feel like a burden or does it feel like the most natural thing to do and and because of the, the naturalness of it it, it just kind of feels good does that make sense yes it does um
2: I wouldn't say it's a burden that I have to write about it. I would say that my life is a burden at that point. <laughs> like that's <laughs> right. how I felt about it. Um, I've gone the route of not really writing what my emotions are and just writing to write. Um, and I, it just doesn't do anything for me. I I have songs out. I won't say which ones they are, but I have songs out that were that, and I just I don't know. They make they make me feel like I they're they're not me. Like that that whoever is a fan of that is not a fan of who I actually am. So whether I have to write, it doesn't matter what I have to write about. If it's about like, I have to write it about myself because if for some reason, something ever completely blows up, it has to be about me or else I'll, I'll lose myself. Like I have such a fragile, uh, idea of who I am or yeah, of of who I am that I, I, I need to, I kind of do it as like a, like I'm writing a, my own history book thing. So uh, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, I, I kind of I kind of feel like I, I I have to write it. Yes, is it a burden? Yes, but honestly, I started writing music as a form of 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 that, like with the bullying thing and feeling like I had to write about it because there was no one else to to listen to me, you know, so uh, it's familiar. I'm trying to actually get out of that habit. I will tell you that because, I'm trying to get into the whole idea of you don't need to be a uh, suffering artist to actually make good music, you know? Like you know how that like everyone always feels yeah. like you need to, like a uh, you know, have some kind of struggle or something. I don't think that's necessarily true, but I do think you have to really be in touch with yourself. And you know, for someone like Justin Timberlake, that's fucking great. He thinks he's amazing at sex and he writes upbeat songs. Great. Good job. <laughs>
1: right.
2: You know, but I I don't feel like that about myself. So you don't get those songs yet. You know, like maybe one day that will be, but for right now, it's just it's whatever's going on. You know.
0: Yeah. No. Actually, like I I I I get that, dude. Like I totally get that. Um, I like the idea of songwriting as like rec- retroactive self discovery. Like one because if your, if your goal is to like find yourself through your music you're constantly, I think self-discovery is an ongoing thing throughout your life because you're constantly changing. And so your music is a way for you to just write what you're feeling and then, in hindsight, look at it as you were saying and say, oh, that's what I was going through. And so, like, you're writing your history without realizing what it exactly is at the time. But then you can kind of, that's just a really interesting idea to me to, like, not fully have yeah like you don't have a full grasp on your emotions like i feel the same way like i don't really know what i'm going through until like i kind of like a lot of times you know like i'll like you say you write it and then you go oh like i don't When I start writing a song even like i don't know where it's gonna end especially like lyrics Mm -hmm. and then you look back and it's like oh i guess that's what i was trying to say i always feel Mm -hmm. weird talking about my lyrics to people because it's just like because it seems like there's this pretense that I set out to, to make a certain statement, whereas it's always the opposite. Like, I, I never really am trying to say anything, but then I realized what I was saying. And so it's, right. it's, interesting. it's
2: interesting. It works both it works. ways. It's very interesting that you say it like that, because there's certain songs that i written written that I just had the idea for the tag. And I was like, all right, I have to write around the tag. But I'll write around the tagline, meaning the hook, you know, like the chorus. Yeah. Like but I'll write around that with okay, the verses are always about me and my personal life. Like, my, I have a song called Colors that's like basically the best performing song on, on TSPs. And <clears throat> that song, <clears throat> we had the hook of what we wanted the song to be. And it's just a general hook of, you know, it's just relatable lyrics. But all the verses are just me and what I wrote like in my apartment that day. So I always just try to continue to, to, to always keep that, that organic part in, but it, it's a, it's a little tricky mess to try to, cause I'm also trying to write like radio hits. Like my goal has always been to be like a radio guy. It's always been that. So I, I, I'm always trying to do the three minute, 30 seconds. I'm always trying to get a course that's specific, but not too much. But then the verses are me Verses are what I want to write. That's usually where I kind of don't have any rules of what I'm allowed to be writing in that section. You know?
0: yeah now do you is that the music that you've been drawn to the most and like that's what makes you want because you know i'm sure you're aware that like a lot of people and i'm not one of those people necessarily i used to be but like the radio gets like a bad rap like it's all cookie cutter and it's all blah 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 and i've I've grown to understand that it's not that like yeah certain things can be there's definitely music like that that exists i think it's interesting to hear you say that like you write the hooks but then like in the the verses, that's where you get to be more of like putting things <coughs> out there. You know, I'm just curious, yeah, like I, if that's what I, you've been I, drawn to and stuff.
2: Yeah, I I found that yeah, I was the same way. Also, by the way, like I'm like a huge data remember fan. Like from like when they were early, and I remember being like, dude, they better never fucking sell out, blah blah. And <laughs> the more I kind of like followed their career, I was like, I, it's not selling out; it's trying to be successful. Like it's not a bad thing, you know. Um. And I honestly have always loved pop music. I loved Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and Britney Spears. Like that was like the era that I was really getting into music. But at the same time, I was listening to like Tom Petty and the Eagles. And so like I had this weird mix of, and also they also write uh, hits. Tom Petty's a hit maker. The Eagles have hits, you know. So I always wanted to have, I always wanted to have that achievement of being able to say that I wrote a hit. And to be played on radio, there's something also. This is a more nerdy comment, but I worked in radio for three years, and like as an engineer, and I know like the processing behind it and what they do to it and everything. And I just your song on radio sounds so much different, and like it 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 gives you an endorphin rush that makes you want it again and again. I will say that. So yeah. I've just I've just always gone for it, um, and. I I already had the whole, you know, just write something whatever I want to write. But I don't feel like I have the freedom to really do that yet. I need to be way more financially stable. I need to be way more. I need to have way more time to do that. You know. So, uh, I maybe I'll yeah. eventually have a new concept album that'll have like nine minute songs. But for now, it's it's trying to get try, trying to be successful. And I'd much rather do it the radio route than the song goes viral on TikTok route.
0: You know that's like actually like a fairly pragmatic way of looking at it because if, you know, I think it's it gets um, bashed more in music than other things. But think about like if if you someone wants to be an actor and they move to Hollywood and they start off they're like acting in commercials a lot. Like that's not what they want to be doing necessarily, but they're mm-hmm. they're trying to hone their craft in some way. And also they need to pay the bills. And so it's it's better to act in a commercial and pay the bills than to work at a call center right. or something.
2: I would even take it a step further from that though, dude. It'd be like if someone from like your hometown in a small hometown was like the local famous actor for the fucking local car dealership. And then he decided to move to LA and everyone's like, why'd you move to LA? You sell out. It's like, dude, he wanted to be an actor. (laughs) Like this is just what you do. You know, like I want to be a very successful in the spotlight musician. So that's what I have to do. That's, I understand that, you know, yeah. Also, that, I love the predictability of it, dude. Like, I like being predictable, but also being like, "Holy shit, this sounds very different." That's what I try to achieve with all the songs I make. That's what I hope the record is. You know, it's like, I think the record's a pop record, but like, I'm also a very alternative voice with some screaming and some, you know, it's it's not it's not your normal cookie cutter pop.
0: Right. Yeah. No. I I listened to it today, and I, I definitely would agree with that. You know, I think cool. that there's there's definitely it 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 fits. Within like the narrative of like what radio pop is right now, like if you think about like I'm not that's not like my genre. I don't listen to a ton of it, but like yeah, obviously I I'm a, I'm a person, so I've heard it. Um, mm-hmm. But like you know, what would you
2: say the genre is? I'm curious because I would it's say like alt pop. All the go Say what are you what, what was it? I would say like alt pop, like alternative pop. Um, that's what everyone says, and when I listen to those playlists, I, I'm like. I agree that it is all. Ult- I do. I do agree that's the place you have to put it if you put it somewhere. But I, that is not what I listen to either. Like I, I don't listen to Youngblood. I don't listen to Machine Gun Kelly. Like it's like, just imagine not dragons me.
0: is what I was thinking more. Like imagine dragons, Twenty One Pilots is like is what I would put it closer to. Less Twenty One Pilots, more like Imagine Dragons with like the big soundscape type mm-hmm. stuff, like the big sounding drums. Um, mm-hmm. But, so I, I, what I'm saying is like, not that it's, it's a carbon copy of that, uh, but I think it exists in that I could hear it on the same station. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: hmm And you have to realize too, when I signed with RCA, that's who was the biggest then. So guess what artists they wanted me to sound like before they released my music, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. You're signed to a major and they're trying to do something like that. That's just what happens. And I was totally down to do it. I was like, yeah, let's try to, you know, production can change all the time, you know? Now the thing I liked about this new record is I actually self produced the record. I was able to, you know, make the whole thing myself, produce it, and then just get someone to mix and master it. So but I still had to go off the template of what I made in the past of, okay, well, I made all these other songs that sound like this, so I can't go too far off yet. You know, I started using a little more acoustic. This the next record I'm making is gonna have a lot more acoustic guitar. It's gonna be a little bit different, but I just didn't, I, I, you know, you have to, you have to stay with what you, what you launched your career with, you know, at at first anyway.
0: So it sounds like you've like kind of embraced the, uh, the, 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 the formula in a way, you know, like you kind of like embrace. It's a game, it's a
2: game game and I'm, I'm absolutely playing the game and that's fine. And once I am able to get to a level, like if I'm ever able to get to a level of, of not having to play the game, then then I'll do whatever it is that I'd want to do, you know, but if you want the certain success, there's certain parameters you need to meet. and i'm I'm just aware of that now. I used to be very fuck that. I want to do what I want to do. And I did that for years, and it was just it just it was just hell. I shouldn't have put myself through that. I should have been more open. I should have been more open to co-writing and other producers and just kind of see, but I was really afraid of someone making me into something that I was not. And then a few years later turning around and going, what the fuck was that? Like, who is this guy? Like, like, who am I? You know?
0: So where was, where do you think the turn happened? Like, what do you think happened? Did something happen or like where, when was well, I th- it? I
2: think it was when I left RCA. Cause when I left RCA, I have, I wasn't a major label anymore. So I had to find a new label. I found NC records with Pat, who's my manager, um, Pat Bangnarella And, that's when the turnaround was cuz i finally was pat was like jake you're a producer you went to school for engineering like you know what you're doing like why don't you produce your own record so that the, like like that that made me he gave me the freedom so when i finally did that and did it i was like okay now i understand that i could work with other people and let them in on this but i know now that i feel confident enough as a writer and a musician and a singer and an engineer to go in a session with someone else and still say my actual opinion. Whereas before I was just in the sessions, like, dude, when, when we did like for the color song, I had the melody that I made in the shower. I came in, I co-wrote it with three other people. I recorded the, the, the vocal, but the, the producer already had the song made and then he sent me the finished version three weeks later and then we released it. Like there was no time spent with it. I didn't get to choose any instrumentation. Like yeah. it was fucking crazy to me. And I'm like, I'm a musician, but it's like they were trying to sell me as a brand and as an artist. And they're like, Jake, you're the artist. Yeah. You no, know, we have producers, and this guy produced this. And I mean, the guy, the producer, it's Dave a, it's Katz.
0: It's a factory, awesome. dude. An assembly line.
2: Yeah. But I mean, the producer's fantastic. Like Dave Katz is a very good producer. It's just, I'm not just a singer. Like I can't just do that. Because I, I don't, honestly, the truth is because I don't feel confident enough being just a singer. I need to do more things. I need to have my hands in other places in order to feel more legit and not so much imposter syndrome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Actually, imposter syndrome. That's one of those things that like, we've mentioned it on this podcast before. We don't have to dive like fully on into it, but I just, I think it's interesting or honestly terrifying to me to think of like that the life of just the artist, especially when you have the, the cred, like the chops to be able to do everything yourself, but like they're marketing you as just like the face of the brand. You know what I mean? Like when mm-hmm. it's, it's it, but when the brand is entirely your likeness, I feel like there's just like a strangeness to that. There's a, there's a weird sort of it, people don't realize that a lot of times they see the artist and they think like, or I don't think they even think about it. Like, they just think, like, oh, this artist is the artist. They write the songs. They're responsible for it, blah, blah, blah. That, or they just don't care. But I would imagine being in that position thinking, this is kind of weird. It's almost like dishonest in a way. Uh, Unless, uh, yeah, but
2: unless you're just not an artist, you know, and you're just a singer, which is fine. Like, there are people that are, I don't mean to say just singers, but there are people that are phenomenal singers that just don't write songs and they don't like
0: feel that way, you know? It's just not me. Yeah. right right that's what i mean like it, it would it would it would eat away at me i feel like if if i were in that position but i didn't get to actually you know put my foot because benny and i are both the types of people many correct me if i'm wrong here but we're like with within our own projects we're like so hands-on and so like this is what is happening. Like, this is the direction we're going. I think I might be worse than you, Benny, honestly, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like see myself, this isn't a criticism of you, but I can't see myself ever existing in that, in that world, which is why this, this episode is so interesting to me because like, I dude, I have to like in the, in the mixing room, like I have to be in have a hand in production, and like I have to have every say about instrumentation. Otherwise, I just I, I don't even fucking care. Like if if say if like if I was in a position to where like I wrote a song and then I didn't get to decide what the guitar sounded like or something, I would be like, well, why am I even doing this? So like, but that's right. a different type of genre that we're in, though. So like, you're in a you genre what- where producers are more prevalent and things like that.
2: Yeah, one thing I learned though too is like. I felt that, you know, okay, I, I did feel that way the same way you said, where it's like, you kind of feel lost because it's like, what am I supposed to even be doing that if other people are doing it? But when I opened myself up to it, I realized like, oh, this guy's better than me. Let me watch what he does. And I won't have any control over this, but let me just watch him. And then you eventually start building a team of people that you're just you're like the you feel like you're like a fucking super group like right now i write with april gabrielle and i write with this guy kevin eisenman a lot and i write with my drummer keith genger and they all have specific things that like i i now don't touch i just let them do what they want you know i mean now i will say i do like at the very end to get all of the things and be able to do all the mixing and mastering and change all of it if i wanted to just to have the power, but. I don't know. I just I was able to open myself up to it a little bit more, but when I was first starting in 2018, I was I didn't have the confidence to say anything. And I had too much imposter syndrome too. I was like I'm not the real artist. I'm from fucking Tamako, Pennsylvania, population 200. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, so I didn't really
0: it, get that.
2: Yeah, that was that was difficult. And also, I just wanted to comment on the whole imposter thing. I that I feel that in every element of my life like if I'm like you know uh like when I'm a dad eventually I think I'm gonna be like ah, there's no way I'm a dad you know like I don't know if that's yeah. like but so the lines are blurred for me of what is imposter syndrome and what is just disassociation because I feel very disassociated to myself a lot if I like walk past the mirror, I always look in it because I want to, like, see what I look like because I don't remember, like, not that I don't mm. remember, but I don't identify with what I actually look like. Like, I feel like I am not, I do not look like the way I look like on on camera, or that's why I like getting photographed in videos, because it captures me at an age, so I can, like, really remember what I actually looked like. I don't know if I have a memory problem, or if it's fucking mental health, or, or what, but that's, that's something I've always dealt with, and it's definitely an identity issue thing mixed with some low confidence. So whether that's imposter syndrome or not, I don't know. But as you can tell, i thought about it a decent amount.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I have too, to be honest with you. Like, I, I can relate with the disassociation type thing. Sometimes I don't have it in the same way as you. I think what, the way I experience it is there will be, like, brief moments where all of a sudden it's almost like it feels like a panic attack is about to happen Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's like an aura comes on and then all of a sudden i don't know what feels nothing feels real and i just don't i'm looking at my hands like whoa like i I feel like i'm very i'm kind of a low-key spiritual person to where like i feel like my spirit is just possessing this shell you know, mm-hmm. I'll say that as like a preliminary sort of un- understanding of it. But like it, it, yeah, but you it know, scares the
2: shit out of you, right? Because you feel yeah, almost like a exactly. body and you're like, what the fuck is going exactly. on here? I understand exactly what you're talking
0: about. It's almost yeah. like your soul is sleeping all the time. Your spirit is just kind of like half asleep. And then it wakes up all of a sudden and for a moment is fully aware that it's inhabiting this thing that isn't entirely it. It's like, if you, you know what I mean? Like, it's like it, it, your spirit is like so much more than just the body. So like, if all of a sudden it's aware that it's trapped inside this body and, but it's like, you don't fully identify even with yourself because you're more right. than and you're, a, yourself, you know? you're
2: getting scared and that can be a panic attack. So that's basically exactly what it is for me except also not only fear-based. Like throughout the day I can just be like like I'm so, I don't know if I'm so in my head that I don't even notice the exterior like self or exterior world as much as I should. I don't know if I just smoke too much fucking weed. I have no fucking <laughs> clue.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I do. Uh, it's 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 fascinating shit. I think if you're still listening to this podcast at this point like, you're probably... In, you're probably one of the good ones. <laughs> one of the good things. <laughs> now we're in the, one, deep, we're deep, in the one. deep waters, dude. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> is like Joe Rogan Hour 3. Yes, exactly. Now that, like, when well, they smoked a couple joints and now they're talking about DMT, like, that's where we're at right now. And it <laughs> exactly. only took us 50 minutes. <laughs> Pull it up, Jamie. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, uh, I, I think we could go down a fucking rabbit hole, but like, I want to make sure I don't have like a ton of time. So I want to make sure that we get to a couple other things. So like, Absolutely, um, yeah, I'm curious. I I always like to ask questions of this nature. Cause Benny and I are both like, you know, musicians that are trying to make it, you know, and very open about mm-hmm. the fact. And I'm just curious, like what are some, like you've signed with a major label before and, a lot of the bands that are that are on this podcast and listening to this podcast are like small diy acts and like what have you learned from your experience albeit brief experience with like the major label world like what have you learned you think that could be like applied to bands whether it's like promotion or marketing or just things about the industry like what do you think that you've learned that would be valuable for for bands that are like just starting out or like that want to know more about like how they should position themselves within the industry or things like that?
2: Um, well, first for bands starting out, I would say to just not be shy, but don't be over cocky either. Like just, just make things and share it. Don't like be like, oh, we don't want to put it out yet because we don't have this or this or this. Like put shit out, just put it out. Like I waited too long to put stuff out. You can put stuff out as soon as you want you don't need people behind you right away to to you know don't care if you put it on soundcloud or whatever and it gets fucking four listens like the fact that you're making it is is very important um what i learned with the major labels basically is it's all about who you know you need to network as much as you can and by network i mean you gotta you gotta be passionate and talk to everyone you know. Like the way I got my record deal was I worked at CBS Radio which as an engineer and I met a girl who knew the EVP of RCA and she had his business card and I was supposed to meet with him and her because she knew him and she kept flaking out on me. So I emailed him and I lied and said, Hey, I'm in New York. I was supposed to meet with you today, but Ashley flaked out on me. Can I meet with you? And he said, Bring your music. Like that's how I got his meeting. So like I was just grinding and and networking with everyone I knew and as soon as I got into there I started talking to everyone else in the label and like you don't know who's going to help you. So it's not like you sign a major deal and you made it and it's not like the major deal is going to even do anything for you. All that basically means is they're going to put some money behind you and that's about it. Um yeah. I would I would say to put your money towards promoting for sure like promoting posts and everything because that's basically what rca was like that's what the major did for me it was like they basically took the song they pushed it to radio because the guy who signed me is a great guy and enjoy italy and has a lot of connections in radio so that helped me there and they they promoted it to get a lot of views and and they knew a lot of people uh for playlisting on spotify so You know, not having those connections that the majors have, you have a disadvantage. But the things you can do is definitely promote and you know, if you work like a little side job, save up some money and spend like, you know, whatever, fifty bucks a month to promote it on Facebook. And don't be shy. Don't don't think you're pushing it in people's faces. I mean you are. It's what you're supposed to do. It's what you have to do. And yeah. Try to view it as a business and try to view it as a business, not as yourself. Like you're pushing yourself. I mean your business. Like you need to promote your business it's not annoying.
0: Right. But. right. And I, I honestly have never felt annoyed by someone posting about their band. I don't, I think that the idea of that is like taboo or faux pas is, is born out of people's insecurity. And this might be a hot absolutely. take. absolutely. But I like people are just anxious and they they're, they're afraid to share their stuff. And so they create this idea that other people sharing their stuff are like Like, that's taboo, or like they're being like egotistical or something. Like, how is that annoying? Like, right.
2: uh, Honestly, though, dude, I think that people notice if someone is egotistical. Like, I've seen people post things about music, like, not too much, but whenever they do, I mean, that's the negative effects of social media. But like, sometimes I've seen people post it, and I'm like, like how the fuck did they get that? Like they're not that good. How did they get that? But I've also had the other way around where people post things all the time and I'm like, "All right, good for them. I'm glad they're like really trying." Like those are the people I really believe in, you know? People are going to believe in you or they're not. You got to put yourself out there as much as you can, and that's all you can do. And I know that seems like a helpless answer, but I swear to god that's all it is.
0: Yeah? No, that makes sense. Like I've I've never once thought like someone posting. Like I think what you're saying is true. Like you can tell when someone's egotistical and like you can tell when someone's marketing of themselves is just way too like head up your ass type thing. Right. But
2: if they're uh, acting, they're, you know, if they're, if they're at like, like the certain musicians that are more acting where like they kind of look, they're, they look the part, but they're not really doing the part, you know, like they,
0: people see through. Yeah. That. Yeah. But for instance, I'll use, I'll toot Benny's horn. Like I think like what got me interested in, um when benny's band boyfrienders is like i really like the aesthetics of the like of like the posts and things like that and like the album art and the things like that we talked about that on europe when you first came on benny but like i just think and benny you know you'll i like that you walk the walk and you talk the talk. So earlier in talking about how you don't like how bands like that like talk down on themselves all the time like benny will post about Songs that they have coming out and be like, this shit's gonna be good, and I think it's actually yeah. refreshing.
1: We it's just refreshing finished, to uh, hear that. We just finished our third album like this past weekend, and it's the fucking shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, see,
2: like, <laughs> yeah. hell yeah, man, that. that's great. Congratulations!
0: Like, that's Thank you.
2: Yeah, dude, that's- you should be proud of it, and I can tell you're proud of it, and that's like that's that's all that matters. That's that's if you're proud of it and it meant something to you, then that's it, and it,
1: it'll come across when you share it, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that, that needs, needs to be
1: what's up. Yeah, way better than that uh in a daydream record. I don't know what the fuck band is going what the fuck yeah, band they're trying to be. Yeah,
0: they they suck. They're gonna be really bad. Um I but no you asked if it's out it's not out yet. Benny, do you know when it's gonna be out? What, the boyfriend's record? Yeah.
1: Probably August or September. That's uh the last thing that
0: Jake told me. Oh, okay. But um yeah so the last last thing I wanted to we can end on this and then um you know back out into the ether or whatever but I like to ask <laughs> bands that have toured have touring experience about like any if they have any weird stories or any like touring horror stories or like situations that seemed really precarious or like fucking weird or just anything I mean everyone has something different that comes to mind for them when they hear that so like does anything kind of come to mind for you I had two stories come to mind
2: there. Um, the one is uh, I have a song called "Just Be Friends" and the artwork is me as a Ken doll, like the uh, you know, like the male version of Barbie. Yeah, and that stemmed from us on tour with Andy Black, where we were um, we were in the South somewhere, and it was right before the show, and I had like this floral tank top on, like done up in fucking makeup. And we pull up to the drive-thru, and the lady's like, boy, you look like a real-life Ken doll. <laughs> <laughs> the whole van just fucking lost it. And they called me Ken the rest of the tour. Uh, but that was, like, fucking hilarious. We laughed at that a lot. Um, and the craziest story that I have, basically, is I bought a Ford Transit van. brand Not brand new, but, like, not a lot of miles on it. Like, 40,000 miles on it before the Andy Black and the Fame Tour in 2019. And they did all the checks and everything was good. And we had to drive from Pennsylvania to California because that's where the first show was. So we already were getting fucked right in the beginning with like sleep and whatever. So we make it to like Omaha, Nebraska, which is a place I never want to visit again. If you're from there, it's uh, it's okay, but I don't (laughs) want to be there. (laughs) um and basically the keith the drummer was driving and he was like dude i can't turn the wheel and he's known for pranking so i was like dude you're fucking lying get out and we switched and then i started driving and it was fine and five minutes later i could not turn the wheel at all the whole steering wheel column went and we were stuck in omaha for two days while they were fixing the steering wheel like it literally would not even turn at all so that was the craziest fucking thing we had to do we had to just sleep in omaha nebraska and wait for that sucker. I mean, that was basically, like, the... I mean, the whole tour is fucking crazy, but that was, like, the part where I was like, are we even going to make it on tour? Right. Damn. We didn't even start the tour yet, you know? We were just making our way out, so... Yeah, that's Damn. it. I don't have any, any, uh, any like, crazy, uh, you know, this guy was drunk or this guy hooked up with this girl or whatever.
0: <laughs> that's probably good, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we we keep that all in-house, so... <laughs> <laughs> those are yeah. those are
0: stories i tell anyway if that were <laughs> fair
2: that's just for the the band
0: that yeah um all right well dude i appreciate you coming on and uh definitely like an insightful episode enjoyed it um can you just promote whatever you want to promote and let people know where they can find you on the internet and like social media and stuff
2: absolutely first of all thank you both for having me it was a really good conversation oh
1: um,
0: yeah no problem
2: yeah, uh, so I had a new record come out called Yelling in a Quiet Neighborhood and I have something new coming out very soon as well. Um, my name is Kulik, spelled K-O-I-C-K and you can see everything on kulikofficial.com and you can also sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash kulik. I am pretty friendly. If you would want to message me and ask me any questions, you absolutely can. I
0: love helping people and thank you for listening. That's it. Fuck yeah, dude appreciate it. And the next time like you got anything new coming out or whatever, you know, hit us up. We always like to have people back. I like to chronicle the evolution of uh of bands that have been on the podcast. Even though we've only been around for like a little over a year so there hasn't been much of that. Like I want to I want to make that a thing moving forward, so definitely hit us up. Yeah, dude, I'll be the first of that. I'm from absolutely cool with that. Hell yeah. All right, dude. Well, once again, we appreciate it and uh I'll let you know when this is going to come out and everything and you have a good night awesome man thank you very much guys i appreciate it
1: yeah talk to you later
0: guys all right later. You, guys. later Later. there it is dude another episode in the books um real quick again just give us a follow if you would please at invite the neighbors on instagram at itn on twitter um follow us on spotify or your streaming platform of choice so that way you never miss an episode and share it with your friends um if you like this, keep listening and tell someone about it. That way we can grow this thing and then the bands that come on will have a better platform. So thanks for listening. Um I love you like a brother or a sister or even a father. The listeners are like a father figure to me. Um technically my dad does listen to this podcast so in a weird way Never mind. Thanks for listening.